0: Hi and welcome to The Courageous Mama. Lovely to be back with you again. So for the last few months, I've been producing a whistle-stop tour of a character type from the Enneagram. And you'll find these characters in your life and in your family and among your friends. The Enneagram helps people to find who they are and what makes them tick. Or in the case of us as parents, What makes our children tick? So we can discover the deeper layers of them and connect with them more significantly and think about how to hone their superpowers and round off any rough edges. In December, we looked at the challenger, that confrontational character with a soft centre. And we looked at how to develop their superpower and help them to soften their approach. In January, we looked at the type nine, the peacemaker, They thrive on making everyone around them happy. So we looked at ways to help them to connect with their own needs and dare to share them. And today in February, we're looking at the improver. They're people of integrity who are motivated to improve the world and to help others to be the best they can be, otherwise known as the Enneagram One. The improver is sometimes called the perfectionist, but I always think that sounds a bit severe. But what is true is that the Enneagram One likes to get things right. They like to treat people right, and they expect the same of others. Do you have a child or someone in your life who wants to get things right? They self-correct, they correct others. They can be quite rule-bound and even seem a little dogmatic at times, perhaps lipping into judgmental there, but always ready to help others to rise to their full potential. If you know someone like this, they could be a tight one on the Enneagram. And their strengths are great, They care about the details. They keep their promises. They carry out tasks competently. They spot defects and inefficiencies. They strive for excellence. They can be great fun and adventurous. They fight for fairness. On the challenging side, the improver can be quick to point out flaws, inefficiencies, or places where people might have deviated from what's been asked and they can be slow to praise. They can come in and spot that one thing that could have been done better or more efficiently, and they can see that part over the broader picture. Perhaps your child sees this in their homework or achievements or things that have been done for them. They can have quite a black and white view of right and wrong. They do share that trait with the Enneagram 8, the challenger, but the one can see it as their responsibility to ensure that the improvements are made. Does that sound like your child? Does it sound like you? Does it sound like anyone you know? So the Enneagram ones are generous with their time and attention and in giving to others and to causes and being supportive. And you might use these words to describe them. Dependable, self-disciplined, structured, reliable, well-organized, thoughtful, fun, adventurous, particular and perhaps a warrior or a micromanager at times. They won't be all of these but if a high percentage correlates to the person that you have in mind they could well be a type one, an improver. And we need this type of person If your child has these characteristics, you may have noticed that they pay attention to the world around them. They'll notice the homeless person or the child in the playground who's been left out. They'll respect the detail required in a project and do things to the letter. But sometimes they can fall into the trap of never feeling good enough or worthy because they don't reach the exhausting benchmarks they've set for themselves. Here are some famous tight ones Bill Gates, Princess Diana, the Dalai Lama, Dolly Parton, CS Lewis. This is conjecture of course by experts but as you can see these people do great things with their lives. I would look at that list and note the common thread of social action. But it's also the case that if tight ones haven't quite learned to use their strengths healthily, or being guided by wise parents, they can be quite hard work at times. But they've got lots of positives. Tight ones care about others and the world that they live in. They want to make it a better place and they can rise to that responsibility. They can see what needs doing and where the lack or the underperformance is coming from. So they make good coaches and great leaders. You can depend on them for honesty Even when you don't want it, don't look for compliments in case they tell you what you don't want to hear. And they can frustrate people when they become judgy or critical, or when they find it hard to admit to being wrong because it just feels so condemning for them. Their constant irritant is this little voice on their shoulder saying, you could have done that better. Or if they're in an unhealthy place, they'll hear, you're not good enough. I remember an experience where a group of us had put some time aside to collate and pack some goods and literature for charity. Everyone came with a willing heart, but it was disorganized and chaotic. One girl, however, saw through the chaos and had an eye for putting a system together that would save us all time and ensure that the job was done accurately. So she had us line up the goods and the papers on the tables, and we lined up alongside, and there was this efficient conveyor belt going on. And I think everyone thought, this task is gonna get done quickly and well. But one of the other girls was chatty and distracted and actually just enjoying the camaraderie as much as, or even more than, the efficiency and she kept sending the wrong items along and muddling up the system. So the organized girl in, in all good heart explained how it would be helpful to stick to the system and the chatty girl felt criticized and judged and walked out of the room. And so it is with the ones. Sometimes they're focused on getting things right and they can leave people feeling criticized or not good enough. So that's the area that the type one could hone to ride the averages and accept imperfections sometimes. Not always, but to learn when there's more to be gained by buttoning their lips than pointing out a way to improve that seems obvious to them. To let things slide. And that's where we come in. Parents can help support and mature their wonderful gifts. Let's look at the childhood of a one. No matter how wonderful a childhood you've had or you're giving your children, childhood can be a muddly place, can't it? Until we get the hang of the world, we've only got the acts and the influences of parents and teachers and people around us to form the matrix of life's right and wrongs. And in different contexts, those people can seem to send different messages. And a child who's likely an Enneagram One in the making is always trying to assess what's right and wrong. How should it be? And it can become confusing to them if another child, for example, is praised for something that to the Enneagram one is patently inaccurate or not exactly what was asked for. For example, there was a class of children who were asked to draw the Union Jack around the time of the Queen's Jubilee. It's basically a red cross with a red X behind it, isn't it, on a blue background. But on closer inspection, the lines of the red X don't actually touch the cross. There's a little margin all around the cross where nothing actually touches it. And some of the students noticed this, but others merrily drew a large red cross over a large red X. And most people were unbothered by this. But one little boy was indignant that some of the Union Jacks were wrong. They weren't Union Jacks. And he was upset that the teacher seemed just as pleased with all of them, even though some of them weren't accurate. That's a potentially confusing experience for someone who has an eye for perfection and definitely for an Enneagram One. And this character type can tend towards comparison to evaluate themselves to see if they're worthy. And self-condemnation can be their game when they feel they haven't got it quite right. Their sense of value and confidence can be firmly attached to whether they've got things right. That key word, right. They can even try to get things right in order to win approval and feel loved and valued. So their superpower ends up being their searing ability to see what needs doing, where the needs and the lack are, and to carry tasks out with excellence. And that superpower is born out of that childhood survival strategy of getting things right. We all pick up habits and ways that help us through childhood, no matter how fabulous childhood is or was. And that survival mode does help you through. It helps you to find your value through childhood. But in adulthood, it shouldn't be necessary to still be in that childish mode. Competence is great, But criticism of oneself and others can be destructive if it's not carefully handled. So a significant piece of the Enneagram is to see where the growth and maturity needs to be addressed. And the job of us as parents is to see if there are some characteristics that we can help our children to harness for good. So that their challenges, which have given them their superpower, are not used for self-defence or survival but for good, strong mental well-being and for healthy connection with others. So if you have a child who has perfectionist tendencies, not necessarily everywhere, it can actually just be in one specific area. They can hold this ability healthily or unhealthily. With the help of a parent, they can be a person who has that integrity and responsibility, but with the ability to forgive themselves and, importantly, to forgive others where they see imperfections. They can learn to turn down the volume on that inner critic and on the outer one. Or you can end up with a child who grows to fixate on all imperfections and tries to control and manage wherever they can. And bear in mind that there are also the stressed and secure ends of the Enneagram Spectrum. So an Enneagram 1 who is chilled will let things slide but even a well-honed healthy Enneagram 1 who's in stress mode having a bad day can get into that critical and judgmental spin and that's where they go in stress and it can be a clue that somebody's a type 1. In health They let things go, they're adventurous, they're fun and they fill the diary with great fun stuff to do and they don't worry about improving the world around them quite so much. Sound like anyone you know? And that's why it can be so critical for us as parents to mature their superpowers. So they're not used in unhealthy ways that push people away because they feel like they're not reaching the right standard. But more importantly, we can help them to feel valued and accepted for who they are, not for what they've done. We want them to feel accepted and secure when they achieve, but also accepted and secure when they don't, when they fail. And to see life as a practice ground, a place to gradually improve, not somewhere that you can't show up, unless you get things right. I've got a one in my life who finds it very hard to accept going wrong or not living up to a standard that they've either set for themselves or they feel has been set for them. So I asked him once when he was in a little bit of a tailspin, what's the kindest thing you could say to yourself? And he answered in a way that was beyond his years. He said the kindest thing would say, you are not your work. Come on, profound. (laughs) So if you're recognising that you might have a reformer among your children, let's look at some ways we can bring out the best in them. Well, first, we can celebrate their thoughtfulness, their competence, their dedication, their fun and their commitment to friendship. But here are some great ways to hone that performer. They're great ways to parent in general, but they're specifically powerful in parenting a child who might be a Type 1, or a Type 1 in the making, on the Enneagram. Just pausing for a moment to remind you that so much of what will help you on your parenting journey is tucked in the pages of my book, Parenting for Life. It's a colourful, coffee table styled, easy to read book. It's a beautiful gift, But it's written in such a way that you can read one page and have a great tool to get you through the day, or you can explore that whole chapter, but they do stand alone. And if you'd like your kids to respect your boundaries, respect you, connect healthily with themselves and with others, you'll love this. It's got bite-sized psychology, practical help, an encouragement for you, the parent. And you can pick it up on my website for a 25% discount. That's the website where you'll find the pricey of this week's Enneagram, and you'll see there's also a place you can find the book and a place to explore parenting coaching and be able to connect with me and see if that's something that would be helpful for you. And for those that buy the book, they get a 15-minute free coaching session. And we can chat about that one thing that you'd like to change for the better in your family life or one child that's causing you confusion or angst at the moment. And we can find some tools to help you go forward in peace. Now back to parenting the reformer, the perfectionist. Here are some great ways to hone that performer. It's very hard and probably not totally appropriate to pigeonhole our children. But if you're seeing some of these traits in your child, Here are some great ways to help them to mature. So number one, help them to be kind to themselves. When they're hard on themselves, ask them what would they say to themselves if they were their own best friend. Help them to see their wonderful attributes and make a list of the things that you love about them. And encourage them to do the same for themselves and keep it somewhere for reference in times of stress these words have power for someone who's a reformer and number two be mindful that they probably think everybody has an inner critic and they're quite surprised to find that this isn't the case it can all be very peaceful in many people's minds so it's helpful for them to know that see if they can put into words what they feel their inner critic is saying and chat about whether the inner critic is right or wrong You could even give the critic a caricature. What animal is it? What colour is it? Are they always right? What's helpful about the critic's words? How do they find that useful? But what's putting them down? What should they listen to and what should they let go? And help them to say to their critic, stand down, I'm doing a fine job. The difference between perfection and reality. Number three, when they're stuck in the detail, accuracy or idealism of an experience or a task, try to get them to chat about the bigger picture, the other components. Help them to think about whether other people are coming to the experience with different expectations. Maybe encourage them in an appropriate setting to ask those other people what their expectations are. What are you coming for? What else might be important? Help them to think about, for example, if you're having a creative afternoon, the fact that one child might just enjoy the company, another might want to produce something that they can put on the wall, and yet another might just enjoy experimenting with color. Is anyone right or wrong? Or are there many possible objectives aside of the final outcome? Number four, this character can be a work now, play later type, and that's fine, but sometimes it's fun to do it the other way around too. It's possible to enjoy life with a half-finished to-do list. And number five, what if it's not perfect? If they're afraid to start a task, try to find out whether it's because they don't trust that it will come out well. Perfect, reach their benchmark. And in that same way, they can struggle to make a decision in case it's not the right one particularly when that decision affects somebody else they'll always want to get it right for everybody. So help them to shift their thinking away from right and towards good. Some things aren't right or wrong but they're good enough. Life is a practice ground and we can help them to try things that they're not naturally good at and we mustn't fall into that trap when they've done something or produced a piece of artwork, completed a task or a bit of homework of saying it's amazing, it's incredible, I think it's fantastic because that's confusing for them because truth is so important to them. They want to be able to trust your perspective even if it's not telling them it's great or right. It lacks integrity in their minds and then they won't trust your evaluation as life goes on. And also, if you are doing that, you're just joining them on that expectation of everything having to be right or good or incredible. So in Roundup, ones can have the fabulous attitude of taking tasks seriously, but can fall into the trap of taking themselves seriously. And that pride can stunt their growth. They need to laugh at themselves, laugh at their efforts, hold things lightly, And we can encourage them to be lighter with those five ways of parenting. That will leave their superpower intact, their keen eye for making the world a better place, tempered with the truth that responsibility for that world doesn't solely rest on their shoulders. And remember that whilst I'm focusing on children, keep your antenna up for whether these characteristics are strong in yourself or in other people that you know, so that whilst you can help your kids, you can also be compassionate to yourself or to others with this fresh understanding, knowing that they're struggling with that inner critic on their shoulder, which sometimes leaks out a little bit. Hope that's been helpful for you. Hope that's been helpful for your child. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time.